0: Coming up on today's program, again, powered by Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, we are going to get into the legalese. And Josh and Joe, well, it is the Mystery Question Show. That's right, the Mystery Question Show. They have no idea where these questions are going to come from. It's going to deal with legalese. It's all coming up next.
1: <laughs> and now, Outlaw Lawyer.
0: Welcome into the program powered by Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Your hosts, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, practicing attorneys here in the great state of North Carolina. They've got offices almost on every corner Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Varina, Gastonia, and in Moorhead City. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. If you are facing a legal situation, you can call Whitaker and Hamer and get answers to your questions. The number is 800 659 1186. That's 800-659-1186. Again, this is an opportunity for you to get answers to your questions, again, in the legal field. I'm Morgan Patrick. Let's just dive right in. It's Mystery Question Show today, guys. So first of all, welcome in, and uh, you have the questions in front of you now, so let's just get started.
1: Well, Morgan, I've got I've got a lot of questions. I've got a lot of listener questions, and we've kind of cut them out and put them into a little hat. It's uh, not. A fancy way of doing it, I suppose. We probably could have found a better way to do it.
2: Nah, that's is the best. This is the most scientific way <laughs> to do it.
1: And we're gonna we're gonna pull them out. Uh, me and Joe have not looked at the questions ahead of time. We may have a lot of opinions on on some of these. Some of these, maybe we don't. I uh,
2: want to try to answer some without even listening to them. I think that's what I'm gonna try to do.
1: <laughs> the, uh But you know, we can never we can never get right into the. Uh, right into talking about the law it uh it takes some time for us to get get rolling but uh how y'all doing y'all doing good
0: good 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 i mean summer's come to an end pretty much you guys have a good summer is it is it not summer anymore what is it what day is it today it's
1: Fall. yeah fall
0: uh yeah well we're technically still we're still in, in summer we got to get to yeah. around the 22nd ish uh, to get into fall but i mean summer's winding down so did you have a good summer
2: i did man i did a hot one it was a very hot Sticky, sweaty summer, but it was good. All all things considered, it was good. My kids have been back at school for a while now, so it just feels like feels like the summer's been dead for a little bit.
0: Your but, uh, kids are back in school; it's vacation, right?
2: Yeah, they've been back in a, for a while. I don't know, man. It's not they they're getting hit with the homework pretty hard this year, pretty yeah. hard this year.
1: Yeah, my kids went back early August, so they've been uh they've been.
2: Uh, What's well, not a competition, John? <laughs>
1: They've been in school longer, and they're doing more homework than you I sent my kids back earlier than yours. (laughs) I couldn't take it. (laughs) But they, uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel like summer's over, though. It's still hot outside. It's so hot,
2: man. It's been really hot, Mm. super-duper hot.
0: uh, Hey, do we have any new additions to the Atlantic Coast Conference since the last time we spoke?
1: (laughs) No, no, not that I'm – oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do. Since the last time we spoke, we do. Since the last time we spoke?
2: Yeah, since the last time we spoke. Well, they're coming in next year. They're coming in next year, but yeah, they they was announced. I'm stoked, man. I've been waiting for those guys. <laughs> I had I had circled those teams a long time ago as some of my favorite, most logical additions to the conference. Yeah, yeah SMU
0: Georgia Tech. That's gonna be a rivalry right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I want to see like SMU Boston College. I wanna see that as a rivalry. SMU's got a killer, a killer water polo
2: program, brother. And if you follow water polo. Do they really? No, nah, I don't know. I just no. made that up. That was the most <laughs> obscure sport I could think about. Have you ever seen people play water polo? Um, no, nah, but I hear it's difficult. I've heard it's really hard to do. You can't touch the bottom? Yeah, you got to tread water the whole time. Well, yeah, you're in like
0: yeah. a 10-foot deep pool. Yeah, you're not going to touch the bottom. That's too deep for me, man. How
1: long do you think you can tread water?
0: I mean, uh, these I guys, these, the these, you know, I'm pretty I mean, strong. Water was. polo players are great athletes. They're basically super-duper swimmers, and they get physical. I mean, the, the stuff yeah. that you see on top of the water, yeah, that's half of it. Themselves. I mean, they they're are really going at it underneath.
2: To answer your question, a long time, man. A long time. Cause here's the thing. Can I can I just float at some point, or has it gotta be a tread? Tread.
1: So ah, then, I don't know. So when we went to the, the we used to we went to the neighborhood pool before you could swim in the deep end, you had to take like a test. And part of that test was you had to tread water for two minutes. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I don't know the last time I've been tested on the amount of time I can tread water. That's the last time I can remember. Two minutes was a long time. But you get it, you get it done. You you didn't die, so you're still here. All right, I got it done.
2: I haven't. I've never had the tread water test. No one gave me that one. Um, sounds tough, though. Yeah, so I like being in pools, I can just stand <clears throat> up in. Man, that's my. How
1: long is a water polo game?
2: I'll tell you. Give me. Give me a few seconds. Yeah, go- Google that. But
0: I'll tell you a quick story. So I I I grew up swimming, and part of our training, whenever our uh, coach decided to to be cruel and unusual, he would you know, we'd go to the diving well, cause back then we had a separate uh, diving area and the, the whole thing was 12 feet deep all the way around. And he would uh, throw diving bricks in. We'd have to go down and get them, but then we'd have to tread water for about 10 minutes.
2: Wow. So I haven't found the time yet, but I did find, it's talking about the fouls you can commit and there's a major foul for brutality. That's literally <laughs> what it's called.
1: That sounds awesome. Sounds like Mortal Kombat. Let's see.
2: Yeah. And uh, yeah, it does sound like Mortal Kombat, but, uh, All right, this doesn't tell me that, hold on, let me do a more refined search. We were
1: flipping channels, and and me and the boys were flipping channels, and we went by it, and we actually stopped, because one, you don't ever really see it on TV. But the other, I couldn't figure out. I didn't know how deep the water was. I don't obviously know much about water, and I couldn't figure out if they were treading water, or they were just standing there. Because if you were just standing there, I guess it wouldn't be much of a sport.
2: Sounds like it's a four-period game, eight-minute long periods, with a three-minute halftime and two-minute rest after quarters one and three. Okay. Sounds pretty sweet, man. I might get into it. I might get into it. I'm looking at the guy who created it and he looks like what's Olympics. he's got a pretty sweet yeah. mustache. Yeah.
0: Olympics coming up, you'll be able to see it and uh, you can, you can oh, I'll be it watching in.
2: every man, every, I've got a highlight compilation right here from uh, the last Olympics that I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and favorite it and catch up tonight, become a big water. Next time you talk to me, man, I'm going to be the water polo aficionado.
0: How did we get into the water polo conversation?
2: I don't know, but I feel like this show is now about water polo, and that's all we can talk about. <laughs> uh, how did we get into it? You I, talked about treading water.
1: The SMU
2: Mustang. Oh, yeah. We talked about their incredible—let me see if they even have one. I don't know much
1: about—they're the ones—SMU's the one that got the death penalty, right? Were they the first— well,
0: They're still alive right now. No, but who got the first yeah. death penalty? It was them, yeah, right. Yeah, they had yeah, uh, yeah. what was it, the Pony Express, and they were basically breaking every rule, and you know, in, in the NCAA, and then they got the death penalty.
2: Uh, well, hopefully, they've bounced back strong from that, and they can be a very, uh, a very strong member of our great conference.
1: I saw a clip. You know, they have a lot of big, uh, big names that went there, right? When Condoleezza Rice, George Bush, they had all these uh-huh. people advocating for them to get in, and uh, and, uh, and and and. But you look at their football games, and it's like a high school stadium. It looks like there's like 4,000 people there.
2: There's a lot of charm to that, man. Cameron Indoor Stadium doesn't hold a lot of people, but it's one of the great venues in all of sports, Josh.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree with Joe on that. I mean, it's it's small, uh, hasn't changed much uh, to the main arena, but there's that allure. I mean, it's like you're walking into a uh, college basketball relic. It is cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know much about them. I didn't I guess they're Dallas. That's where they are. Southern Methodist is Dallas. They're
2: they're expanding they're expanding their stadium. So wow. they'll do that.
1: And then they're not getting any money for what, like seven or nine years. I can't remember what that report was. Pretty sweet deal.
0: Yeah, I think that's they're they're not they're not part of the media contract or something like that. But it, I mean it's amazing that we're gonna get uh Stanford, Cal Berkeley, and SMU. That's the that's the starting list. Uh the bigger question is, are we gonna lose anybody? Um, oh, there's yeah. talk, there's talk about that as well. I think we
2: could lose seven, eight programs and we're bringing in SMU, baby. What are yeah. you talking about? It's a net gain.
1: Yeah. It's all, it's all crazy. You know,
2: Surely man. we'll lose people. man. Right. I mean,
1: me and Joe have talked about the the grant of rights before, you know, we've had a episode or two where we talked about sports law and sports law is basically just contract law. It's just business law, contract law. And, and we looked at the grant of rights, the ACC has, and you know, it's, it's pretty, it's not foolproof, you know. You can always attack a document, but it's—I um, don't know. It's—it's uh, it's something that we'll have to—we'll have to see. You know, we're not—we're not sports radio, uh, but we like to talk about sports and and ACC is. I wish it wasn't a story, man. I wish it was just safe, and I could enjoy state football and state basketball, and not have to worry about where we we're going to play one.
2: You can still enjoy state football, man, when it's enjoyable.
1: Yeah. But, all right, I think that's enough uh, getting ready to talk. I think uh, (laughs) after the break.
2: This is our first warm-up. We got our second (laughs) warm-up coming up.
1: I think after our our break, we'll, we'll pick our first question, and we'll get going on our mystery legal question.
0: Show. All right. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer are your hosts at the Managing Partners Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, The power behind this program, they're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Office is located conveniently in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay Verena, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. Again, I'm Morgan Patrick, Consumer Advocate. We're back on the other side, and we will have mystery questions, all from the legalese. It's all coming up next here on the program. Welcome back into the show, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm are your hosts. They're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Whitaker and Hamer conveniently has offices located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay Verena, Gastonia, and now in Morehead City. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. Each and every week, we go back and forth on the different legal topics. And today we've got mystery questions coming up. If you have a situation you're facing and you need answers to your questions, you can always call Whitaker and Hamer. 800 659 1186. That's 800 659 1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. All right, Josh. All right, Joe. We've got mystery questions. What's up first?
1: All right. So we took a bunch of questions uh, from a couple of websites that are are kind of generic websites, generic Ask a Lawyer websites, and, and kind of geared them to North Carolina law. Put them all in a hat. some of them will be a little weird. Some of them we might skip. Some of them might not be applicable in North Carolina, but I figured it'd make for good talking points and give me and Joseph something to talk about. We kind of like this off the cuff on our good. feet. It's a pretty good jam. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You know that one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that Bonnie Raitt? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Bonnie Raitt in concert?
2: Um. No. Have you? I have. I've seen Bonnie Raitt. That's concert. not surprising at all. She was very good. Yeah. Very big good. fan. Big fan. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. I didn't say she wasn't good. I just said. I think I you were insinuating that in she yeah. wasn't
1: good. Nah,
2: she's good. She's good, man. I just sang her song.
1: What are you talking about? <laughs> all right. Here's our first mystery question. Uh, here's our first mystery question. <laughs> my my husband sold our house without me knowing. What? I'm on the deed. What can I do legally?
2: Man, the thing that gets me is you act with physical
1: pain as soon as you started saying it. Well, you know, the first thing that strikes me on this question is you you can't do that, right? Yeah, you can't yeah, legally. Yeah. So that tells me that there wasn't, it wasn't like a real closing, you know, quote unquote, there weren't attorneys involved. An attorney for a buyer should do a title search, would figure out that this guy's married. Someone else is on the deed and they haven't signed. So something Bad or wrong has happened. Fraudulent. Something's happened to get us to this point. Yeah, there's some, there's some, there's
2: fraud. There's a combination of fraud and incompetence. So you're talking about a fraudulent action on behalf of the one seller that participated, and then you're talking about incompetence on behalf of the. In North Carolina, there would be an attorney involved, and and you've got somebody who's who's jacked it up pretty bad in that case, and uh they're gonna have a problem on their hands, man. That's the. Uh, that's the answer.
1: Yeah. And this, in this question, I kept, I kept reading down. So this, this, this person is still in the house and, uh, they looked it up on Redfin. That's what they're, they're saying in here. But, um, so we've had, a, I've got some cases right now where there's been some fraud involved, you know, someone, uh, you know, we've had cases where somebody basically tricks someone into signing a deed, um, and then runs down to the courthouse and records it and gets property in their title. And they, so they've done it by fraudulent means. And, you sue them for that. That's that's fraud. It's, it's illegal. It's arguably a crime, but certainly there's some civil liability for that. We've had it where a husband has tried to sell his interest in North Carolina, a husband and a wife. You own property as tenants by the entirety. It's very hard for one spouse. Well, almost impossible, I guess, really, right, for one spouse to convey without the other spouse's signature. Um, so this shouldn't happen. So I would imagine there's some fraud involved. Uh, you can, again, report it to the police, but also civilly. You know, get that deed or whatever's conveyed title voided.
2: Yeah, you're talking about a nightmare scenario for the the real nightmare scenario is going to be for the person who's purchased the property, right? Because if you're talking about a situation where this person has actually paid and conveyed money, and then your fraudster ex spouse or spouse has gotten this money, like you're talking about a nightmare scenario. And uh, you know, it's not part of the question. I mean, I guess it kind of ties into it, but you touched on fraud and we could probably do a whole show about fraud lately man cuz we talk about an ever evolving field uh and problem that we're having to deal with these days um it's just crazy how fast the game changes and the the advancements in the fraud game and i feel like that's a good uh i feel like that's a good thing man we need to put that on our list of things to discuss
1: yeah fraud is fraud is rampant you know uh the attempts at it are just just insane i mean it's and it's a, and
2: and i talk. We, we we communicate a lot with folks uh that that work with the state bar and investigate fraud a lot and the way it's been described to me is like it's a constant we're always behind in those efforts because they're getting so much more sophisticated so it's almost like you're always playing catch-up because you got people who are thinking about these more and more creative and innovative ways to freaking defraud people and um it's scary man but that's another that's we don't want to go down that rabbit hole right now.
1: Yeah. No, it's uh, anyway, that 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 person, I think when someone comes to me with a problem like that, that usually tells me there's something else going on. Something else has happened. We're not getting all the facts because to an attorney, that just doesn't make sense. So someone's either really perpetrating a fraud or, or we're missing some some information. So. All right, let me uh, let me pull up another mystery question. I don't know how I feel about that last mystery question, but let me. Oh, that was a
2: 6.5 out of 10.
1: Really? Yeah, that's, that,
2: what, I, that's what I rated yeah, we on. We need, we need some
0: like mystery music. Doodle, doodle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was good, actually. Man. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Mr. Calling as a guy who sings the music for <laughs> <laughs> suspense movies.
1: All <sighs> right. What? This is our next mystery question. And again, some of this phrasing is is bad, so we'll have to. All right. What type of lawyer can help us with bad pool construction? Oh man. So I'm, uh, I'm assuming they had someone install a pool. They're having some problems with it. Uh, And then further on down here, they talk about possible warranty issues, possible construction. Um, So they, they keep on going down here, but to answer the question, what kind of lawyer would that be?
2: I mean, this is the thing, man, we're, we're here in the great state of North Carolina. We're, you're a lawyer, right? Like you're an attorney, like you can technically do, you can handle any aspect of the law. Uh, And now there are, there are specializations, right? Like there, there can be attorneys who go through, you know, different things to qualify and specialize in different areas of the law. But, but, but what were you really talking about here is just contract law, right? Like, and you don't necessarily need anybody who is a specialist. I mean, the contract law is at the heart of what Every attorney learns about that. It's burned into their head. So you just, you, but that's what you're looking for. You, it's a contract issue in essence.
1: Yeah, I think you would be looking for someone who, who a civil litigator, right? Someone who, this is something where if you go to an attorney, the attorney is probably going to suggest, all right, you know, let's get an expert opinion. What did they do wrong? You know, some things you can just point to it. Like, hey, that pool's got a big crack in the bottom and it won't hold water. You don't yeah, really you got one it. of those crack pools. <laughs> you don't need an expert opinion for that. But a lot of times people come to us, and they're like, hey, my contractor installed this sunroom and all this is wrong or my contractor didn't pull the right permits or, you know, whatever it may be. And they come to us and, and we're attorneys. You know, we we, we will handle litigation. You, you bet your bottom dollar we are. <laughs> we will handle litigation. Um, that's not a big problem for us. And what we do is we we don't build pools. We are not general contractors. We are not construction experts. So usually we want an expert opinion. We want someone who knows what they're doing to come in and say, Hey, here's a picture of what went wrong. This shouldn't have been done. This is the way it should be done. Something like that. And you send a demand letter to the contractor and be like, Hey, here's, here's what you messed up. Here's how, here's what it's going to cost to get us fixed. And we make a demand, right? It's going to take. it's going to cost us 10 grand to fix this. Here's the estimates. Here's the expert opinion. Give us 10 grand. That's what an attorney usually will do. And then if we don't get 10 grand. We talk to you about litigation. We talk to you about, hey, this is how litigation works. This is what happens. This is the process. These are the attorney's fees. Um, but that's what you do. And hopefully your contractor is a, you know, a licensed contractor who has some insurance. Hopefully you didn't make a deal with a guy who just does it on the side and, and doesn't have any assets. You know, you want to make sure they got some, something you can get. But but the type of lawyer you want, civil litigation. That's what this is. You know, you don't want to go to an attorney who doesn't litigate? You don't want them to send a demand letter and not get a response and say, okay, you need to go to someone else to to litigate this issue. So you would want to make sure you have an attorney who is not afraid to go to the courtroom. Some of those are out there. But that is, uh, I don't know. That's how I'd answer that question, Joseph.
2: That was a good answer, man. That was a really good answer. I feel like that, that person whose question got randomly selected and placed in the hat and then chosen is going to be well satisfied what
1: the- with the way that you handled it. What, uh, we got time for another one? Are we up against a break? How are we doing on time? All, All right, we
0: can, we, one, we can take another we one. Go one ahead. More. We can yeah, get one. do one more.
1: We All get right, one. don't be afraid. All right, we're we gonna get the special mystery music. Doodle,
0: doodle, doodle, <laughs> doodle, doodle, doodle,
1: doodle. doodle. <laughs> All right, I've got one, and uh, no, wait, I didn't get one. This one's blank. That's not what we want, guys. No,
0: we don't want a blank one.
1: All right, here we go. I picked up another one. All right. Can a landlord give me a 30-day notice to move due to renovations?
2: And that's an interesting question right there, my brother.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, this person's landlord gave them a notice, a 30-day notice to move. We were not behind on rent. We haven't had any problems. Um, they're doing some renovations. What do you think?
2: Well, anytime that I'm t- posed with a, a question, so there's, this is the thing, man. There's there's statutes that govern the relationship between landlords and tenants. And as a tenant, you have certain rights that you can't contract away, right? Like there's going to be some statutory protections for you as a tenant, no matter what. And we've got laws that are fairly protective of tenants because, you know, we don't want landlords taking advantage of individuals who are renting property. Um, But as a starting point in these situations, I'm always going to, anytime you've got any kind of a landlord tenant dispute, that that isn't one of those things that just, absolutely violates public policy and and is against one of these statutes, I'm going to say, I need to see a copy of the lease. That's my starting point.
1: Yeah. It's contract law. You know, there's some things you can't do. Obviously people can't discriminate against you in housing there's fair housing laws. Uh, there's certain things that you just can't do across the board. And, and this, this isn't one of those things, right? Having you, giving you a notice, there's going to be some renovations and you need to be out of there. You're going to go to the lease, you know, in your lease, um, if it's with like a, you know, a big company or if it's with just, uh, just, uh, you know, somebody who's only got like one house to rent, you know, you go back to the lease and you see what the lease says. And, you know, I think there's an argument there, no matter what the lease says that, you know, they either have to forgive your, <laughs> this is a tough spot to be in. They either have to kind of forgive your rent for the time that you're not allowed to be in there. There might be an argument that they need to pay for a place for you to stay, depending on how urgent it is, or you know, but yeah, you're going to go back to the lease and all these tenant questions that aren't discrimination issues or federal issues. You, you go back to the lease and, and reading these leases. They're not, that's not fun.
2: No, it's not fun, man. It's not like listening to this show, which is basically a pleasure cruise.
1: And I signed a lot of leases when I was younger, back, back when I rented and, uh, you, they called you the, the lease master. I don't know that I read, you know, this was before law school, right? I don't know that I read any lease ever. Yeah. yeah. E- even after, you're probably just like, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you go to those apartment communities, it's a lot they, of words, man, they slap an 80 page lease in front yeah. of you, you know, they're trying to beat you into submission, man. And it works most of the time. So that's uh, yeah, that's my answer for there. We would we would need to see the lease. But I would imagine in that lease there is uh, and there's some law too. if it's silent on an issue, there's some federal law. some North Carolina law that kind of fills in the gaps. But um, I, yeah. I would think there's some something there that can work for that, that tenant. I think they probably got an avenue to get some help.
0: We are smack dab in the middle of mystery legal questions. And again, our lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, also hosts of this show, Managing Partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, will be back after the break. They're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. And they also have offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and now in Moorhead City. If you've got a legal situation you're facing, you've got questions, you need answers, you can always call the firm, 800 659 that's 800 659 1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. We're going to return on the other side with more mystery questions. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back into the show. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, your host. Whitaker & Hamer Law Firm, where you can find them. We are doing mystery legal questions today. Josh and Joe are managing partners at Whitaker & Hamer Law Firm. They're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. They have offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Varina, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. Very convenient for you. If you're facing a legal situation, you've got questions, you can always call the firm Whitaker & Hamer. 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Contact information, briefly what the call is about. An attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. Josh and Joe, more mystery legal questions.
1: All right. I got a lot more questions in this hat. We fought through uh, it's three. A big, it's a big, big hat. We fought through three uh, three questions in the last segment, and I uh, got one lined up and ready to go. I picked it up before we at the break, so I cheated a little bit. I already looked at it. But here it is, my husband passed away with a lot of credit card debt and medical debt. Am I responsible for paying off that debt?
2: I just wanna start off and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. That's gonna be my initial
0: contribution.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and this is a, we call this a state administration, right? So anybody that passes away, we're, you know, we're going to consult. If you go consult with an attorney, you want an estate administration attorney. We have a couple of those floating around over at Whitaker and Hamer, but a uh, state administration can be complicated, right? Uh, and so the question, you know, a lot of the answers to these questions are we don't have enough facts. And here we don't have a lot of, a lot of facts because really what we need to know is what did the husband, Die owning right. What would actually be in his estate? A lot of times, uh, when when you have a husband and a wife, or you know, two spouses, whatever it may be, when the first spouse dies, uh, a lot of times you're set up pretty good for the the second spouse, right? You both could be on the deed as, as husband and wife. So you and your property is tensed by the entirety that automatically goes to the surviving spouse. The surviving spouse, if they were on bank accounts and beneficiaries of life insurance and beneficiaries of pension plans or 401ks, uh, you know, the goal when we talk to people about estate planning is to set it up so that surviving spouse doesn't have to do a lot we always talk about avoiding probate, right? Avoiding estate administration, not having to open up an estate down at the courthouse. And so here we need to figure out what assets do we have? Because certainly, uh, you know, if there's a lot of assets or there's some things that are in the, just the, the husband's name since he passed away, uh, creditors could get to that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, and and if you're talking about a scenario, it sounds like in this in this hypothetical that this is credit card debt that maybe the, the, the other spouse didn't know about. And so maybe this is a situation where the husband has a lot of individually-owned property that he brought into the relationship, things that don't have those survivorship rights. Um, and, and like you said, it, it, it's all going to depend on what are the assets and how what's the ownership of those assets because potentially, yeah, it could be a problem for you. It
1: could be. Yeah, so if you if you open in that estate and you figure out that the husband had an account that was in his sole name, that's that's a probate asset, right, if you find out. He had a car that was in his sole name that that has to go through an estate, you know, obviously in your real property and his sole name can be brought into the estate to satisfy claims. And uh, so the answer here is, uh, you know, the wife, um, the surviving spouse here, they're not personally responsible for any of that debt, I would argue. Uh, But the husband may have assets that she would hope are going to her that may uh, may be used to to pay off all that debt so that's another very fact specific situation but uh under the right circumstances she probably won't have to pay that
2: knock that one out of the park man you're just getting you're you get warmer as these questions keep coming out man you're on fire right now
1: well we gotta get we gotta get another one you don't
2: sound like it you sound like you want to set yourself on fire but
1: (laughs) but i feel like i'm in law school i think it's because you're in the
2: you're just in that you're in the legal zone man you're just churning them out
1: all right, I'm sitting here looking. I, I'm going to pick a pick another question here. I need some mystery music. Mystery music.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds more like, like doodle every time. It gets better and better. <laughs> so, uh, I, right. we we got a big budget, you know. We got a big budget. We do, show. man. Big
1: budget. That is fantastic. All right, here's our here's our next question, and it has a company name in it. I'm not going to say the company name because I don't feel like getting sued today. Um, all right, but my if my vehicle has been to a number of. I'm gonna just say car mechanic franchises, right? They're they're referring to one type of franchise that is known to work on cars. Okay. All right. So it's like a corporate franchise. They work on cars. My vehicle has been to a number of these franchises that haven't fixed the problem. Should we pursue corporate or the franchise? So that's that's the question.
2: What kind of question is that, man?
1: It's the question. It's, yeah. the, it's the mystery question that we pulled out here. So the friend, you know, first of all, we're going to assume that they've done something wrong, right? Here again, we don't have our facts. Just because uh, uh, a mechanic can't fix a problem, that's not that's not necessarily that a, in uh, and of
2: itself is not.
1: Yeah, that's not. There's no liability necessarily for that. Yeah, I'm guessing if they said they fixed it, then you keep having the same issue and you keep having to take it back in. Uh, then maybe we're getting. You know, getting somewhere where you might be able to to sue them, but let's, for the sake of our question, let's assume our our asker is has been wronged by this this franchise. Should she pursue corporate or the franchise? I, I, I hate that question, man. I, like, I, sense, I, I understand look, man, we're
2: bound by the hat. <laughs> I know that we're we're the hat is our master right now, and we can't get around the hat. But uh, I feel like you're you're again talking about a semi-fact specific question right because we need to understand how many times have you been what's the issue what's the nature of the issue what are the policy? like there's a lot that we don't there's a know. lot going on there yeah
1: the the i think the short the short answer if we assume all the facts are in favor of our question asker we're going to need to know about the, the franchise is it a corporate owned franchise right you know that's the thing you're going to have to figure
2: some things out and you're going to I feel like we're lacking some information so, and that would be very beneficial to us to answer this question.
1: So, it, you know, under franchise law, you know, a franchise, you know, by the by the letter of the law, the franchise is a is a is a store or, a, you know, you know, is a is a retailer or a service provider that is 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 franchise, meaning there's, you know, several of them out there. There's a main one. And then they use that business model and they they sell people, so, you know, individual owners, the opportunity to franchise. Uh, and here's a mechanic shop, right? So, across the country, these folks have franchise mechanic shops where you have your individual owners and operators. Sometimes, when operators die, corporations buy the franchises back, operate them. And so, that's our first question. We're going to have to look at the franchises. This, 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 uh, the picture here that I have on this is a female. So, this female went to this customer went to and figure out who owns them. And if the franchise has an individual owner, that's who you're suing. And if you went to several franchises and they're all individually owned and you think they all did you wrong, you'd be suing all of them. Mm-hmm. If they're corporate owned franchises, you would, you would be suing corporate, but more than likely they're individually owned and you're going to sue those individual franchises. Yep. That's my go. answer. I'm out of breath. I'm out of breath from that question.
2: Yeah. Sometimes some of these get you worked up, man. And people don't understand it's like a physical process for you. I see you over there. It's like you're doing jumping jacks while you're answering
1: them. But I will tell you, you know, franchise law is it's its own beast. Again, kind of based, born out of contract law. That's what franchise agreements are. They're just big contracts. But we've I've reviewed franchise agreements for most every popular you know establishment you can you can probably think of, and they're across the board. They're different. So it's a it's a contract, and um, that's what, anyway that's what you would do there. I didn't like that question too much either, but yeah, I didn't love it either, but
2: you know what? We're all about integrity on this show. And you said we were going to pull them out and answer them as they
1: come, man. So, all right. So we're going to get ready for our next question, but uh, I think I need some, I need some question choosing mystery music. Here it comes.
0: (laughs) It gets better. Yeah, I'm going to have to get it. We're going to have to invest in a soundboard. When you start asking for music, I can't hum and doodle. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no man,
2: every you time. can it gets better every time honestly mm. okay
1: all right this is this uh this question
2: all right every time you wince man like the question hurts you I, I, it hurts me too
1: all right well I, i'm gonna have to fill in this question's incomplete so i'm gonna have to fill in this question for this question ask ask her but uh we're gonna have to do some definitions here when filling out my rights to exemptions designation form is my house already protected because I own it as tenants by the entirety. That's the question.
2: Oh God,
1: man! <laughs> so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to we're gonna have to backtrack. So in North Carolina, when you get a judgment against you, all right, A credit card company sues you. Uh, somebody somebody sues you, and they get a judgment against you, right? So they go to court. You have a trial. You lose. The judge says, "Hey, Josh, you owe Mastercard ten thousand dollars plus interest and legal fees," right? So that's a judgment against you. And, and by itself, that judgment doesn't mean much, but it is technically a lien against everything that you own for 10 years. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah.
2: yeah. My eyes were glazing over, man. You were just, <laughs> sometimes you get in that, that, that zone, man. It puts me in a trance.
1: So in our, in our example where, or MasterCard says, I owe them money. MasterCard is going to try to execute that judgment. They're going to try to get, get my stuff, get anything I own that they, they can get to. In North Carolina, you have certain exemptions, right? You have certain things that you can uh, save from uh, a judgment being executed, right? And it's a certain amount of money in a house, a uh, certain amount of money in a car, certain amount of personal clothing, things like that. You'll you'll hear the term sometimes that someone's judgment proof, right? That someone's judgment proof, and that means they don't really own enough to get over those exemptions, so that you can get anything uh, for your for your judgment. So here that's what I would assume our question asker has gotten a uh, form from the court. Basically they say, what are you claiming as exempt? Uh, and this, there's a North Carolina statute that says, Hey, these are all the things you can claim that are exempt. And I think she's asking about uh, her house being owned as tenants by the entirety. And that's a, that's kind of even a different question than the exemptions question.
2: Yeah, it is. And, and I can touch on that, that answer, right? Like, so if we see, if we see property that is owned as tenants by the entireties, and then we see a judgment against one, you know, a, a judgment after the fact against one spouse uh, and not against both. That's not something we are going to be concerned with as real estate closing attorneys, uh, just because of the nature of the ownership interest. So you can't—that judgment would not, as we say, attach to that interest so long as they are still married. Now, if they separate, or if, if there's something that divides that interest, then you got a problem. But as long as they own by tenants by the entirety, like you said, that's not going to be something that concerns us.
1: That's right, because if you own, if me and my wife own a house together and we own it uh, as husband and wife, we own it as tenants by the entirety, MasterCard in our fact pattern is not going to be able to levy that judgment against that property because they only have a judgment against me. Now, if they also got a judgment against my wife, then that property is is fair game uh, for the judgment there. So, to answer this uh, question, uh, if, it's, if that property is owned as tenants by the entirety and that judgment's only against the one person asking the question... Then more than likely that judgment is not going to attach to that property, and they cannot execute on that property. So that was a question. That was a thing.
2: Yeah, that was a that was a sophisticated question, man. <laughs> I got to give props to the theoretical person that 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 put forth that question. All oh, right. That's a real
1: person, buddy.
0: Well, I'd say I just uh, I think they did a good job. (laughs) Our mystery question program will continue after the break. You're listening to Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, Managing Partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Again, each and every week we talk legalese. Again, they're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia and now in Moorhead City. If you have a legal situation you're facing, questions you need answers to, you can always call the firm. Eight hundred six five. 1-1-8-6. That's 800 659 1186. Leave your contact information briefly what the call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. We have more mystery legal questions coming up next. Welcome back in. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, Managing Partners, Whitaker & Hamer Law Firm, host of this show. They're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Offices for Whitaker & Hamer conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Varina, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. Each and every week, it's legal topics. Today, we're doing mystery legal questions and see how the uh, the attorneys handle them. If you've got your own situation, maybe you've got a mystery question and you need an answer to it, you can always call Whitaker and Hamer, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information briefly what the call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. So Mystery Question Show continues.
1: I tell you what, Joseph, uh, we've answered a lot of these mystery questions. Well, you have, man. I've just been here admiring your work. I, uh, I feel like we're on like a really bad game show like a really bad jeopardy you know
2: i don't know man i've i've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of this <laughs> i've gotten a lot of enjoyment watching you cook i can really appreciate that
1: all right so we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it up man we're gonna keep these mystery questions hopefully these are some questions that uh shed some light on some some legal rights issues maybe maybe mm-hmm. one of these is yours that's right randomly that's right. submit
0: it all right
1: well, all right uh are you ready i'm ready i like that yeah i like that that's good i like that i like
2: that i like your, the, I liked yours better though, morgan yeah. doodly doo, doodly doo, doodly doo. i like the feeling you did it with too like, <laughs> i guess in a pinch we can use what's that is that a?
1: it's millionaire right? yeah, That's a millionaire
2: that's yeah. 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 yeah no one's no one's gonna be a millionaire after,
1: <laughs> off of answering this question no no you're not you. You're not gonna make a lot of money as an attorney answering the answer these questions i think will be thousandaire answer these questions all right here's the here's this one and you know i get this question a lot in a lot of different ways but here it is how again this question's word kind of weird so we'll try to make it better but how to remove my deceased father's name from a deed if i'm the only heir and i was tenants in common with my dad without probate that's the long (laughs) compound sentence these are
2: some these are some bangers banger questions man
1: all right, so what's, what's tenants in common? Let's start there.
2: Yeah, so we talked about tenants by the entireties, right? We talked about if you own property with your spouse, you're going to default to that tenants by the entireties. There's a survivorship right there where you're going to, if someone passes away, you automatically are going to take ownership. There's no need for probate. Um, you've also got joint tenants with right of survivorship. It's the same concept, right? It's just if you're not married, so if it's just me and you, Joshua, and we own this property together uh, and we, we take title that way and you die, because it's definitely going to be you, not me. Right, um, right. A
1: little bit older. Yeah.
2: No, nah, you look healthy, man. It's probably gonna be me. But anyways, I take I, whichever one of us dies takes that title. No probes. So we've covered those, and then you got tenants tenants in common, which is really the it's the default position in the absence of explicitly being stated that there's going to be a survivorship right. So if me and you buy this property together, and we either are silent as to how we're going to take title or we explicitly state we're going to own it as tenants in common. It's the, it's that other option where we're going to, we're going to have this interest together, but it's, I don't want to say it's more severable than these other types of interests, but it, it, but it all, it almost kind of is. It's a, it's a different type of ownership where that, that survivorship piece isn't there. So if you pass away, your ownership interest is going to go to your heirs. It's not coming to me. As a co-owner, it's going to go to whoever you have left it to in your estate plan, or it's going to go by law to whoever your heirs are.
1: Yeah, that's right. You buy you buy property 50-50 with someone else, and you don't have any other de- designation. It's just Josh and Joe on the deed. Then when something happens to me, my property is going to go to my heirs, which I hope are my wife and my kids, right? So now you're a half owner, but you're not a half owner with me, the guy you, you know. Oh, well, you know my kids and my wife too, but in yeah, theory. Yeah, I know. You're gonna you're gonna own it uh with uh with my wife and and my kids. So that's tense in common. And here our question asker is saying that he's the only heir, which we'll assume is correct. Um, and that he has not he's not probated a will. So we're gonna be missing some facts here, right? So I'm gonna assume uh, if he were to come and tell me that his plan was to sell this property in the next two years, I would tell him he he needs to go ahead and he's he needs to have probate. We would need to talk about the reasons he doesn't want to probate because probate is kind of like a deed itself. Um, right. So if, if we were doing a closing for a potential buyer of this property, we would go downtown and we'd see his dad was on the deed, his public record that his dad passed away. And we'd see that and we'd look for an estate file because that's the only way we know who the who the heirs are. Um, and if there's no estate file, we're going to have a lot of questions. And if two years has passed, there's some other things you can look at. There's some other things you can you can think about. But if he ever really wants to sell this property, uh, I think an attorney is going to tell him the easiest thing to do is just to go ahead. If there's nothing we're scared. Of. Uh, you know, if we're not, if there's some debts out there that we need to talk about or something else going on, you know, I think probates probably what you, what you need to do and probate itself is a deed. You don't need to pay me for a deed. Mm-hmm. If you, if you probate in a, a state here, probate, probate infers that there is a will in existence. It just hasn't been taken downtown and, 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 and probated. That's what, that's what that means. Um, so anyway, I think this uh, this young man uh, needs to probate uh, his dad's will, and uh, so I, I think he's got to do it. Yeah. So I don't think there's really a good option for him without probate, uh, especially you know if he's got other siblings, right? If that will's never probated, what happens when you don't have a will, Joe? When you don't have a will, intestate. Yeah, succession. it's called
2: intestate success- yeah. succession. Yeah, and then and it's 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 going to pass by law. It's going to be this. There's statutes that that. Dictate what will take place.
1: Right. So, if again, we're missing some facts there, but the will may be very important. And if the will's not probated, it has no effect. But he did say he's the only heir. So, if we take him at face value, he did say that. He 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 did did say say he's the only, but still, either
2: way, you, you're like, you don't will or no will. You know, in this scenario, arguably, it's not going to matter. But at the same time, the process has to be you've got to go through the process because he didn't have survivorship rights. So without that...
1: Yeah, and what's going to happen if he holds onto the property and then he passes away and then it goes to maybe his heirs, you get in a situation that just makes it worse and worse and worse. The more yep. people that die in a chain of title that haven't had a formal estate, you make it harder and harder and harder for your kids and your grandkids to to sell the property. So you kind of just complicate the issue. So my, my advice to this young man based on the facts that we have is, hey, if there's not a good reason Otherwise, you need to probate this will, and that that is a deed. That's yep. just like a deed.
2: Yeah. So you won't. You don't need a separate deed, but you do need to go through the probate process, which is way worse than just filing a deed. If we're being honest, in terms of time, energy, expenses. But it's it, what else are you going to do?
1: Yeah. And probate doesn't. Have, probate is something you we 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 try to avoid because if with careful estate planning, you can avoid probate. Um, but, but here it sounds like it's, it's our guy's only option here to kind of get title cleared up and
0: you just, it's just
1: worth doing. That's right. Yeah. It's essential.
0: Mystery question show. It's a lot of fun guys. We're getting into different areas of legalese and answering the questions. If you've got your own legal question and you need an answer to it, you can always call Whitaker and Hamer, the power behind this program. The number is 800 659 1186 that's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information. Briefly, what that call is about, an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. They have offices conveniently located for you. Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Varina, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. And just a reminder, Josh and Joe are practicing attorneys here in North Carolina, the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. We're back for one final segment right after this. Welcome back into the program. Your hosts, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Offices conveniently located, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Varina, Gastonia, and in Moorhead City. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate each and every week. It's always legalese. We have these discussions. This week, we're doing a mystery question show. So, Josh, take it away. We've got time for maybe one, maybe two more questions
1: all right well mystery questions we'll keep going we still got a sound effect for that
0: yeah actually we do no is that it (laughs) all right are you gonna are you gonna ask the (laughs) question i didn't know when it
1: was gonna end man i felt like i was playing uh bond on 64 (laughs) i feel like i was in the legend of the hidden (laughs) temple
0: you remember that one that was before
1: (laughs) that was a little bit after your time no no (laughs) All right. This question seems silly. I guess this is a thing that could happen. I'm going to read it. I've never in my 20 plus years been asked this question. I sprayed some herbicide on a shared fence and my neighbor's chickens ate it and died, which is sad. That's a tragedy, man. As a person that owns some chickens, man. Am I responsible for replacing them? That's the question. Ah, uh, so... You sprayed it on the neighbor's fence. Right? Shared fence. That's a shared fence. That's I'm going to assume shared fence means it's going right down the property line and one side sits on our neighbors and one side sits on me. And I went, our question asker went and sprayed some herbicide, killed some weeds. So we got to take some leaps, right? Like, cause one, we have to assume that we can conclusively prove
2: that these chickens ingested this herbicide. And that is the cause of their death. I can tell you as a chicken owner, man, them things die they just die on you sometimes so uh but let's assume that's the i guess we're assuming that that's correct right like we're just going to take that at face value right yeah that's how this works Mm -hmm. yeah so then we're talking about man it's a tough one if someone comes to see me with this one i'm gonna that's that's the first thing i'm gonna say to them like hey this is a tough one i'm gonna i'm gonna sympathize with their chicken loss obviously as a chicken how much how
1: much does a chicken cost
2: not much, man. You're Unless talking, it's like a special chicken. You're talking about like the most expensive chickens might be like twelve
0: bucks, man. How do you, oh, get, you get into get the special chicken like category? I want to know that.
2: I, they just look different. They oh, don't okay. do anything else. They just look different. They got like, they fluffy, got like fluffy heads. heads. Yeah. yeah, they look really funny. Fancy like, oh, chickens. Come on, chicken. man. But uh, yeah, they don't cost a lot, right? But I mean, you you would like obviously you're going to make the argument that they are worth more, right? Like you're going to try to inflate the value from from your side if you're if you're representing this theoretical plaintiff but even still like what kind of da- how many chickens are we talking what kind of damages are we going to get up to at this point and this sounds like the type of person who's doing this on principle right like it's like this is these are my chickens <laughs> like,
1: yeah we yeah i i would you know you hope it doesn't always work out this way right but you hope the neighbors get along and if i thought i had accidentally killed my neighbor's chickens i would I would buy them. New yeah, tickets. but assuming that they they take a hardline stance and like, no, I, I'm not I'm not paying for those chickens. Well, they'd have to sue you, and, and they'd they have, have to, to prove. Yeah, they'd have to prove that's why their chickens died.
2: And they'd have and and you're talking about. I mean, really, in this case, you're talking about some form of a negligence action. In this case, I don't. Need, it's 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 a it's a tricky situation. So, um, I think you'd come at it from a few different angles, but you got to prepare this client that, man, that's what's your recovery going to look like? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're gonna we're gonna have to do a, we're going to potentially have to litigate an issue that your damages, you know, I know these chickens mean a lot to you in your heart, but, uh, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one.
1: Well, you know, over the years, you know, as, as, uh, we became less rural down here, a lot of covenants and neighborhoods wouldn't allow you to have farm animals wouldn't allow you to have chickens. I've been, I've been involved in some chicken cases, right? Oh, we've had
2: some chicken cases for sure, man. We are
1: the, we are the resident chicken firm. I've
2: had to I've had to
1: go in, into into court argue some uh, arguing over literally cases. The,
2: the specific number of chickens mm-hmm. allowed, like down to the, the the single chicken.
1: All right, that's our chicken question. That was our one and only chicken question today. Next question. We got a sound effect still. <laughs> yes. He's coming with it, man. Here I can goes. tell ya. The first part of this question doesn't matter, so I'm not going to read it. But the second part of this question, basically, I got a ticket doing 55 and a 35. What will happen now? Well, have you heard of the death penalty? Yeah, (laughs) we have a very strict death penalty statute for, uh, you know, uh, and just me and Joe, we don't handle a lot of traffic uh, at the law firm. There are other attorneys at the the law firm and, and handle traffic and, criminal law. Usually those attorneys, you know, handle, handle both of those, but I can tell you what's going to
2: happen. If you want to know what's going to mm. happen. first thing's going to happen is you're going to get inundated with, uh, with mailings from, from firms that, you know, do, usually it's firms who do a high volume of traffic specific law. And, uh, it is public record that you've got this ticket, right? Like anybody can go down and pull those records. So that's how they find out about it. And, and they specifically target folks that have gotten these tickets and they send out these mailings. So that's going to be step one. You're going to get blown up with, with mail. So it's not going to be a secret to anybody in your household that checks the mail frequently.
1: And I I think the, I think the biggest, you know, I think the biggest thing to tell people when you get a traffic ticket, I think a lot of people, it's such a common thing that happens. A lot of people think they know what to do, or maybe they hired an attorney with a, when they're, you know, when another child got a ticket or when they got a ticket before and, And traffic is just, it's a bunch of weird statutes and insurance laws that kind of all come together. Um, And so these traffic attorneys that do it all the time, man, they know exactly what to do. They know how to minimize your insurance points and your DMV points and uh, they got it figured out. But uh, a 55 and a 35, you know, if you go, if you're going 20, 20 over, that's when you could technically under certain circumstances lose a license.
2: Yeah. And even if you don't lose a license, man, you, I think, I think folks underestimate the impact of, you know, points on your, your license and increases to your insurance. Like you can cost yourself a whole lot more money than what you're going to pay an attorney to help you out with, with the ticket at the end of the
1: day. I think, I think, you know, back when I was growing up back in the eighties and nineties, you know, you get a speeding ticket, you're going to be paying a decent amount to an attorney. I think competition. Uh, amongst attorneys has really driven down the price of what it costs to deal with a with a speeding ticket like you're going to have your court cost, right you're not getting out of that you're paying your court cost either way but you usually don't have to pay an attorney too much for kind of standard speeding tickets when you have a pretty clean uh, driver's license so you know 55 and 35 you hire an attorney you go down there judge you got a clean record probably going to reduce it for you there's PJCs, right? Prayer for judgments continued that, that are out there that can be used if you need one. Don't wanna waste those. You only get a certain amount. Um, but that's speeding ticket, if it's your first one, you're pretty you got a clean nose, you're you're not getting in any trouble. That's probably not gonna hold you back too much. Every three years. <laughs> I guess that's our cue. That's your cue. That's your cue.
0: The mystery question edition of the program is in the books. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Again, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Offices located Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and in Moorhead City. If you have a legal situation you're facing and you need answers to your question, you can always call the firm. 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. For Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, our attorneys, I'm Morgan Patrick. We'll see you on the radio next week.
1: is hosted by an attorney licensed to practice law in North Carolina. Some of the guests appearing on the show may be licensed North Carolina attorneys. The discussion of the show is meant to be general in nature and in no way should the discussion be interpreted as legal advice. Legal advice can only be rendered once an attorney, licensed in the state in which you live, had the opportunity to discuss the facts of your case with you. The attorneys appearing on the show are speaking in generalities about the law in North Carolina and how these laws affect the average North Carolinian. If you have any questions about the content of the show, contact us directly.